بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا بالقاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوان مسلم We said that the Qur'an originates from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in particular from Allah's knowledge which is mentioned in the Qur'an itself as Lohe Mahfuz which is a kind of presentation or manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge in which all the facts, all the realities are there and everything whether it's past, present, future for us would be present there. And then we said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the Quran understandable for us <coughs> has reduced, has simplified, has done inzal, which means to send down that reality in a form of some words in Arabic language so that we can understand. But these words are one side of this reality. The other side is something which is beyond our understanding. And then I use this example that sometimes, for example, Jebrail, whose reality is beyond our understanding, may take the form of a human being and appears to someone as he did with Lady Maryam Salamullah and then Lady Maryam saw Jebrail. Maybe sometimes this happens also to other people that can see angels in the form of a human being or form of a bird or something. But this is not the way that they are in the universe which is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah. So this is a kind of what we call tamathul. A kind of taking another form, another shape, so that there can be a kind of encounter with the people who are in this world. The same is with the Qur'an. Qur'an has taken a form that we can encounter with, we can face it. Otherwise, the reality of Qur'an is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned these verses from Surah Zukhruf. حامم والكتاب المبين إنا جعلناه قرآنا عربيا لعلكم تعقلون وإنه في أم الكتاب لدينا لعلي حكيم By the clear book truly we have made this a clear Quran so that you can understand and truly it is in the mother 
of the book close to us La'aliyun Hakim in a very high position and Hakim very firm or not detailed because one of the things which we have also in the Quran is that the Quran was not in the form of words letters and then Allah detailed it into form of words letters verses chapters Kitabun Uhkimat Ayatu Thumma Fussalat Uhkimat Ayatu means it was not detailed, it was one reality. Then Allah detailed it, put it into a literal form, different words, different verses and chapters. So in that realm, that universe, Quran has one whole holistic uh, presence but here Quran is divided the other verse was in surah buruj number 22 majid the other one is in surah waqi'ah okay now we want to reflect on this side of the Qur'an which is available to us because to begin with this is the only thing that we have access to but inshallah if we appreciate this side of the Qur'an this presentation of the Qur'an then by following that and purify ourselves, we can get access to the other side of the Quran, and that is when we get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Definitely, this aspect of the Quran, which is revealed to the Prophet and then to us, if you remember, we said there are some verses of the Quran which says that Allah has revealed and sent down the Quran to the Prophet, and some says to you. Because through the Prophet we have received the Qur'an. We are addressed in the Qur'an. This aspect that we are addressed with was not just meanings. Some people, unfortunately, especially recently, have suggested that the Qur'an was only some meanings suggested to the Prophet, revealed to the Prophet, and it was the Prophet who himself used the words to express them. This is very much influenced by the Christian understanding of the Bible after uh, you know, Reformation. Because in the past they had different view. But nowadays mainstream Christian view is that the four Gospels are not words of God. These are written by the writers who were inspired by the Holy Spirit about the Word of God. Because Word of God is Jesus. And these four Gospels report about Jesus, what He said, what He did, ministry of Jesus, mission of Jesus. But they don't believe that these four Gospels are Word of God 
in the sense that we mean by word of God. Indeed, word of God for Christianity is just Jesus. They don't believe that there was any revelation in the form of some words or some, you know, book. They said this is for the previous era, that is for the time of the Old Covenant, Old Testament. When the time of Jesus came, Allah changed his plan. So instead of sending prophets with revelation, God revealed himself by sending Jesus. So Jesus is God himself, and God has revealed himself by sending Jesus. So word was made flesh. So these four Gospels are not word of God. They are reports about word of God. But why they are sacred? Because they believe that they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But then the problem is that there are differences. There are some conflicts between their report. So how can Holy Spirit inspire four people with some differences, especially one of them with the other three, which are called canonical Gospels, is very much different. The Gospel of John with the other three. So they say, no, the meaning was inspired by the Holy Spirit, not the wording. The wording was their own choice based on their knowledge, based on the culture of that era, scientific information of that era. They put a meaning into form of these words. Therefore, don't be surprised if there is something which is scientifically wrong. If there is something scientifically wrong, you shouldn't be surprised. Why? Because this is not the inspiration. The inspiration had nothing to do with these words or these scientific concepts or cultural concepts. This is the addition that they have made when they wanted to express that to other people. Okay, this is a very clear idea in Christianity. So, people who have studied you know, Christian theology, they know this. Unfortunately, some thinkers have tried to apply this to the Qur'an as well. And they say that the Qur'an is also a combination of two realities. One is a reality which is divine, which is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and is sacred, not changing. But it has another aspect which is human. And that is what the Prophet did. The Prophet put those divine meanings into the words according to the culture of that time, according to the scientific information of that time. And according to the language of his society. Even sometimes they say, if the Prophet was speaking another language, he would have chosen another language instead of Arabic. Or sometimes they say, which is very strange, they say, if the Prophet had lived longer, the Quran had, would have become more. This happened that the Prophet died when he was 63. If he had lived longer, the Quran would have become even more. So... These are very strange things for us, and whoever is really 
familiar with the Quran and the teachings of Ahlul Bayt would not say such things. But unfortunately, sometimes people have you know, said this. In any case, we be, and you know, if you have this attitude, then this opens chance for many things. So then you can say all the rulings of the Quran that you are not pleased with, this is because of the human aspect. So if there is anything in the Quran that you don't like, you say, okay, this was not from God. This is from the Prophet. So you don't like, for example, hijab, you don't like qisas, anything. You say, this was not the divine aspect. This is what, according to the culture of that society. The Prophet had some brilliant idea from God, but when he wanted to present that idea, he used the culture as a context. So now we should detach those additional elements have the core of the Quran and that is something that we can you know implement today it has lots of implications and indeed because of those implications I think they say such things to justify but when we look at the Quran itself it's very clear that what was revealed to the Prophet included the words it was not just some ideas, some meanings. We have already said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presented the Quran when he revealed it to the Prophet in the form of a text. And there are many evidence for that. For example, I, so now I am mentioning some of the evidence from the Qur'an itself to prove that the Qur'an involved the words and letters. So even the words are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, one of the ideas that we find in the Qur'an is the idea of tahaddi, challenge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the Prophet to challenge the pagans who didn't believe in the Quran to bring a Quran like this Quran, a book like this Quran. If you say this is not word of God, so bring something like the Quran. And you know that Arabs at that time were at the peak of eloquence. They were very eloquent. They were very much focused and actually proud of their language and poems were so important for them that there were some poems which are hanging on the wall of Kaaba. They used to gather together and you know recite poems. They had very good you know uh, control and demand of language and at the same time they had very good memory. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said okay if you say that this is not word of God so produce something like this. This was a challenge. And they could finish, instead of going to battles and you know, wars and all the things, they could have just bring something like Quran and finish their story. But they couldn't. Then Allah said, okay, just bring ten surahs like Quran. If you don't bring the entire book, Bring ten surah, and they couldn't. 
Allah said, Fatu basuratan min misli. At least bring one chapter like Quran. And sometimes some people tried, but they produced something so ridiculous that every one of them you know, laughed at them. For example, one person made a chapter like chapter elephant. Okay? And said that Al-Fil wa Mal-Fil Lahu Khurtumun Tabil Something like this. Elephant and what do you know about elephant? It has very, you know, long, long nose and it's so funny and everyone, you know, was muckering of them. Compared to the ideas of the Quran and the Quran was so special that they had no choice either to believe in the Quran or to say that this man is a magician. When they couldn't produce something like the Quran, they didn't admit that we cannot produce because this is not the word of a human being. They said this man is a magician. So he has done some magic that we cannot bring something like him. Or sometimes they say he is mad. And it's very, you know, interesting. Two contradictory things. If this man is mad, so he must say things which are not rational, which doesn't make sense. How can you say someone is mad and says something that no one can copy what he says? These were just some excuses for them to say that the reason we cannot bring something like the Quran is that this man is not normal. He is a magician or is mad or things like this. They were asking people not to listen to the Quran, especially when people were going to do tawaf, because even the pagans used to do tawaf, because this remained from the time of Ibrahim. So they were advising each other, be very careful when you are doing tawaf and Muhammad is there reciting the Quran, you must not listen. Either go another time or put some cotton in your ears. If it was not the word of God, if it was the word of the Prophet, why there was such an impact? And there is a person that he says that I was doing tawaf and then I told to myself this is irrational. Why should I put cotton in my ears? If this man is saying something acceptable, reasonable, I should follow. Why I should avoid listening to him? So he removed the cotton and then he was convinced and he embraced Islam. The leaders of Quraysh, they were themselves so interested in the Quran that they used to go in the night hiding themselves behind the house of the Prophet and listen to the Prophet when he's reciting the Quran. During the day they couldn't go and listen because then people you know would have followed them. So they used to hide themselves outside the house of the Prophet, listen to the Quran. And then one day they saw each other when it was getting you know bright, the day was starting, so they said to each other, this is terrible. If people realize that we ask them not to listen to Muhammad and then we come all the night and listening to him, it would be very bad for us. So 
They said we should promise each other we don't come anymore. The next day, everyone thought others are not coming. So they went again, and they met each other again, they promised. This repeated three times, and then they said, no, this is definitely the last time. So we are not going there. Another thing which happened is that they chose three best Arab experts in rhetorics, best poets. And they said, we give you some time, you go and produce something like the Quran. And then we put together, becomes one book, and we give to Muhammad. And all the details are mentioned uh, in the books. Unfortunately, I don't remember all those three verses. But after one year, they met again, and each of them said, I reached this verse and I couldn't do anything. And the verses are all registered in the historical books. Everyone was stuck with one verse. And he said, I couldn't do anything. It took them one year and they couldn't do anything. Because, as we say in Farsi, The value of gold is known by the one who sells gold. For me, gold and, you know, another metal may be the same. Just I appreciate gold because people say, you know, it's expensive. Otherwise, I don't understand it is fake, it is true or not. But the one whose job is this, is different. Those people, better than anyone else, realized what is the speciality of the Quran. Like in the time of Musa, Allah, who were the first people to admit that miracles of Musa is not magic? Magicians themselves. As soon as they saw the miracle of Musa, they said, this is not magic. And they so much were affected and influenced that immediately declared their faith in God the Almighty. And Pharaoh said, I am going to punish you. Because it was very bad for Pharaoh. He brought these magicians to defeat Musa. And then on the spot, you know, they became all believers in God. So he said, I am going to crucify you. What did they say? They said, لا ضيره إنا إلى ربنا لمنقلبون Do whatever you want. We don't bother. We have returned to our Lord. So these magicians that all their life they did magic, they realized that this is different. These Arabs who were enjoying all their life masterpieces of Arabic, when they are faced with the Quran, they said, this is not the word of a human being. So, this by itself shows that Quran was not just some meaning and then normal words of the Prophet. Even if you really study the hadith of the Prophet and compare them with the Quran. Although the hadith of the Prophet are very special, the Prophet is ma'asum, the Prophet especially has this quality that speaks very 
eloquently and in a very simple way. If you compare the hadith of the Prophet to other hadith, you find that the Prophet speaks very profound ideas in short words. But still, the hadith of the Prophet compared to the Quran are completely different. When the Prophet speaks and the Quran are different. The other thing that we can mention as evidence to suggest that the Quran was both meaning and words is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls this Quran. Quran comes from the root Qara'ah, which means to read or to recite. Indeed, the very first verses of the Quran started with Iqra'ah, read or recite. It can be reading from a text which is in front of you, it can be reading from something that you have memorized by your heart. But in both cases, you must read something which has wording. You cannot read a meaning. Yeah? You can explain a meaning. You can narrate some idea. But whenever you use the concept of reading or recitation, it must have some wordings. Cannot be pure meanings. When Allah says this is Quran, this is something which can be read or recited, it means it has letters, it has words. The other thing is Telawa. The concept of Telawa. Qira'ah, we have also Telawa, which means recitation. Yatlu alayhim ayate, or for example, Many things, uh, many derivatives of this Qira'ah and Talawah. This also is clear that it must be a text, because you can recite a text, not a meaning. The other thing is Kalam. This is Kalam, this is Hadith. And these all suggest that it is with literal aspect. Or Qawl. Sometimes in the Quran uses the term qawl. Inshallah, if you want references, you can refer to the paper which I told you, the paper uh, that I have, uh, Muslim Understanding of Revelation. So, these talawa, gira'a, qawl, kalam, all suggest that this has literal aspect and not just meaning. Another thing which is also very important is that in many cases, according to some sources, they say there are 332 cases in which Allah says to the Prophet, Qul. Like, Qul, Wallahu Ahad, Qul Ya Ayyuhal Kafirun. There are many cases, 332 cases that Allah says to the Prophet, Qul. This goal by itself, tell them, say to them, means that this is not only meaning. 
Because it was just meaning, you don't, don't say call, you say explain. Call means something which is a word, which is a speech. Also, Quran says that this book is revealed in the Arabic language. For example, Allah says, وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِسَانًا عَرَبِيًّا this is a book which confirms the previous revelations and it is in Arabic tongue, Arabic language. In this particular ayah, you cannot say Arabic means clear because sometimes Arabic can mean clear and Arab means to clarify. But here it says lesan. Lesan means language, tongue. So this is Arabic or sometimes says Arabic mubin. So, for example, this is Ahqaf 12. وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِسَانًا عَرَبِيًّا لِيُنْذِرَ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا وَبُشْرًا لِلْمُحْسَنِينَ In Surah Fussalat, Allah said, كِتَابٌ فُصَّلَتْ آيَاتُهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ How can something be in Arabic language or any language and not have literal aspect, not have words? Language cannot make any sense without having words. If it is just meaning, doesn't make sense to say it's Arabic or English or German. It must have literal aspect. Also, the term Tartil, Rattel al-Quran. Tartil means to read or to recite a text carefully, with care, with attention, with a slow speed. This is Tartil. Again, this shows that this must be a text. So, altogether, it seems, I think, obvious that the Quran is definitely the whole package of meanings and wordings. These chapters, verses, sentences, these are all part of what was revealed. Allah didn't just inspire some meanings to the Prophet and then the Prophet himself, you know, struggled to find the words and then according to the best he could, he chose these words with the cultural concepts of that time, scientific information of that time, customs of that society of Arab at that time. And then now we have to refine and put aside those human elements from the divine. No, this is not like this. Everything which we have in the Quran, whether it is meaning or words, are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the amount of emphasis, so sometimes Allah says, for example, truly, verily, or sometimes Allah says, by something, he swears by something, these are all from revelation itself. So this is not, I think, very difficult. Just as I said, some people for other reasons, they have said these things. Another thing which is important for us is that, okay, when it was revealed to the Prophet, it had the wording and meaning. But it was revealed in two different ways. One was as a whole, one was 
in time gradually in 23 years or you can say 20 years because there were three years that there was no revelation so in those 23 years there were 20 years which the revelation was going so the question is what about the compiling aspect of the Quran because that revelation which happened at once that is not available to us the one that we have is these surahs and verses which are revealed over 20 to 23 years who put them together these chapters are made by Allah or for example declared by the Prophet or it was the third caliph or some companions who did this who decided that Quran be, should be like this starting with Surah Hamd and Surah Baqarah up to last Surah and then what verses should be put in each Surah so there are two questions one is about the order of the chapters one is about the content of each chapter because some of them were not revealed at once for example Surah Baqarah was not revealed at one time definitely it was revealed over time even sometimes there can be one Surah in which there are verses which are revealed in Mecca and verses which are revealed in Medina who decided this? this is a historical question so to understand the fact what actually happened we have to go back to the hadith to the historical report to find out what was the case but before I say that I want to get some guidance from the Quran itself I think the Quran itself is very clear that no matter what has happened definitely nothing from the message of God is lost this is very important so whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent for our guidance must be there it cannot be lost if there is any kind of change in order or sequence or whatever which we will inshallah explore cannot affect the teachings of the Quran the understanding of Quran otherwise it's against the Quran Quran says that Allah has guaranteed to protect the Quran we have sent the Quran and we are going to protect the Quran and one thing that you have to remember that although there are different views sometimes among scholars in Sunni Shia within each school or you know between two schools sometimes there are differences but there is no single person who says any verse or any word is added to the Quran no one says anything is added to the Quran the only question is that for example you find a very small tiny minority may say that maybe something is missing or maybe 
some verses were there, but they must not be recited. Because our Sunni brothers have many hadiths which says that there were verses which must not be recited. They don't want to say that they are deleted, so they said, Naskhot Telawa, means we shouldn't recite them. Okay, but no one says that anything is added to the Qur'an. This is very important. Why? Because then you can use any verse of the Qur'an to argue for your position. There is no single word or, you know, sentence in the Qur'an which can be said, this is human, this is addition. No one has said this. Okay, so when I argue from the Qur'an, this should be clear that whatever people may say, there is no doubt that this is all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, one is that Allah says, إِنَّا we are going to protect the Qur'an. Allah says, إِنَّهُ لَكِتَابٌ عَزِيزٌ لَا يَعْتِيهِ الْبَاطِلِ لَا مِنْ بَيْنِ دَيْهِ وَلَا مِنْ خَلْفِهِ This is a book which is aziz, means it cannot be defeated. No one can penetrate into it. No one can damage it or break it. Aziz. Like Allah who is aziz, his word is also aziz. Falsehood cannot touch the Qur'an from any direction, from any angle, from front, from back, from no angle, there is a chance for falsehood to reach the Qur'an. These are two verses which says that Qur'an is protected, definitely, and there are two verses which relate to the words of the Qur'an in particular. One is Surah Taha number 114. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet, وَلَا تَعْجَلْ بِالْقُرْآنِ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يُقْضَى إِلَيْكَ وَحْيُهُ Don't rush, don't be uh, fast, quick, hasty in reciting the Qur'an before revelation of the Qur'an is finished. According to some commentators of the Qur'an, like Allah Tabatabai in Al-Mizan, sometimes the Prophet, because he already had received the entire Qur'an in Laylatul Qadr, so sometimes when some verses of the Qur'an were revealed to the Prophet, the Prophet was so excited that before the revelation finishes, he was starting to read because he had this knowledge of the whole Qur'an. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't rush before revelation finishes to recite. And therefore, after that, then the Prophet was always waiting. And in Majma al-Bayan says, even he was waiting till Jibra'il goes. And then he was reciting for the people. The other verses are in Surah Qiyamah. So that one was, the previous one was Surah Taha number 114. This is in Surah Qiyamah 16 to 19. Allah says, لَا تُحَرِّكْ بِهِ لِسَانَكَ لِتَعْجَلَ بِهِ do not 
move your tongue quickly to read the Quran. The same idea. Don't rush because you are excited or because you are worried that maybe you forget. Allah said, don't worry. It is upon us to put the Quran together and recite recitation of the Quran. All are upon us. So Allah has guaranteed that don't worry. Nothing is going to be lost and nothing is going to remain not recited. When we recite them to you, then you follow its recitation. And finally, it is upon us to explain it. So Allah has guaranteed to the Prophet that he puts the Quran together, he recites the Quran to the Prophet, and he would make it known and understandable to the Prophet. So the Prophet should not have any worry about missing something, forgetting something, or not being able to recite later, or not to understand. Why? Because if these things are not guaranteed, then the whole point of sending revelation is lost. You remember one session I told about this, that Allah has sent the Quran truthfully, and Jibra'il delivered this truthfully, and the Prophet received truthfully, and delivered truthfully. You remember all the verses that we mentioned? So, if there is no such guarantee, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, na'uzu billah, is, you know, losing his plan. It's, you know, like a human being that wants to do something, so he delivers the message, but the post doesn't deliver the message. So, then you have lost. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he has decided to do something, no one can stop. When he wants to send mercy, no one can stop his mercy. So, from these verses, especially from the verses that I mentioned at the beginning, and verses from Surah Qiyamah, we are confident that anything that can affect our understanding of the Quran, can change it, can distort it, would not happen. If anything has suggested this, whether it is a hadith or historical report, it's against the Quran itself. Quran definitely is going to remain always available in the way that Allah wanted. Otherwise, it means that you don't understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't know how Allah works. So, definitely nothing is missed, no evidence is lost, which we need for understanding of the Qur'an, no change of order which can affect your understanding has happened. Definitely. Now, having this in mind, now let's see 
what are the views of great scholars in this field? First, about the order, and second, about the content of the chapters. I say it quickly, but inshallah I will expand it tomorrow. According to many scholars, like for example, Sayyidah Murtala, brother of Sayyidah Radhi, who has compiled Nahjul Balaghe, his brother Sayyidah Murtada, who was a very great alim, maybe greater than Sayyidah Razi himself, and he was the head of the Shia community at that time. According to him, and many people among our early scholars, and among contemporary scholars, Ayatollah Khui Rahmatullah in his Al-Bayan. These scholars believe that the chapters were designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet himself told Muslims to which chapter each verse belongs. So if there are, for example, 286 verses in Surah Baqarah, it was according to the Prophet himself. He said to put these verses in these chapters. And there are some historical also evidence for that. Because, for example, you find hadith that the Prophet recommended to recite this surah. For example, recite this surah in Laylatul Qadr. If the surahs were not decided, so how can people realize which is Surat Ankabud or Surat Rum? Or for example, when they said the Prophet recited this surah in his prayer, it doesn't make sense unless there is a system that already has decided to which surah each verses belong. Or for example, when Allah for tahaddi says, bring ten surahs like Quran. And then later he reduced it, okay, at least bring one surah. So if the surahs were not organized at that time, so it doesn't make sense. Of course, maybe they didn't know all the surahs right from the beginning because the surahs were gradually revealed. 114 surahs were revealed gradually over 20 years, but it doesn't mean that the verses which were revealed before were not put in an order. So, this view, which is the view of the late Ayatollah Khui and Sayyid Murtada Alamul Huda and many others, says that during the life of the Prophet, it was decided to which surah each verse belongs. But, of course, there were surahs which were revealed later and some verses which were revealed later, then they gradually came to know about this, you know. So they didn't know to it all the time. Another also argument that they say, in addition to the historical reports and the idea of challenge, is that they say there were many Muslims who didn't live in Medina. You know, most of the uh, people who came to know about the Qur'an were the people who were in Medina. Because when the Prophet was in Mecca, there were not many Muslims. Only a 
few uh, you know muslims then in medina the number increased and then gradually people from other towns all you know embraced islam so by the time of the demise of the prophet many people embraced islam but how many of them had the opportunity to listen to the prophet and actually memorize the quran not that many so inside medina yes even there were hundreds of memorizers of the quran inside medina but not all over the islamic world of that time so these scholars say that it's impossible to think that the prophet would not have made any arrangement for preservation of the quran and organization of the quran and just leave it to what is going to happen after him or just asking for example imam ali to look after this issue which we will talk about it later they said this is something so important that definitely the prophet himself must have thought about it and must have made arrangements and some historical you know uh, reports also confirm this that he asked some people to write down the quran not be just memorizing he had some scribes some writers kutabul wah and the prophet commissioned them asked them to write the quran and in his house also he kept the writing of the quran there is another view which is by people like Allama Tabatabai and this is also you know a view which must be taken seriously but I personally prefer the first one as I said because of the Quranic references but this view says that it was not all decided by the Prophet some were decided by the Prophet some was decided after the demise of the prophet by some companions of the prophet so it was ijtihad it was a kind of uh, uh, expression of the opinions of companions to where put some verses so it's according to this view it's not that every verse which today we have in every chapter was decided by the prophet but this view, inshallah, as we will explain more, I think doesn't, you know, stand against criticism. In any case, both groups would agree that no word is missing, no verse is missing, no evidence which we need for understanding Quran is missing. If the order of the verses, if the connection of the verses which were revealed at the same time are necessary for our understanding they are preserved but just maybe some passages which are put together in some big chapters for example may not be exactly as uh, the prophet you know left uh, in his time inshallah we will talk about these two views inshallah tomorrow in more details may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to better appreciate inshallah this gift of quran May Allah enable us to understand the Quran better and inshallah implement the Quran into our life as family, as community, as individuals. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin.